I'm Anastasia, and this is Vibrant Life Unlocked. Here we have intimate and insightful conversations about everything that makes life more vibrant. The energy, the power, the adventure to look at life with a fresh perspective, while giving you the support to develop a method and strategy to live life to its fullest. This is Vibrant Life Unlocked. Welcome, everyone. Today, get ready to be energized by an incredible thought leader, innovator, futurist, Carrie Majewski. Carrie is the founder and CEO of the Women in Leadership Nexus and the DoD Career Progression Framework. She is also full-time VP of Growth Strategy at SQA Group, a tech and advisory services firm. In addition to getting her energy from entrepreneurship and marketing, you will find her dancing, exploring the ocean state, rewiring your brain with the latest neuroplasticity techniques, and grabbing coffee with complete strangers who later become friends. Please welcome Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. I've been waiting for this conversation. I'm so happy to be here. Your spirit, your high vibrations, I feel them every time we talk. So pleasure to have you here. And let's start right here. The very first question, what is your definition of the vibrant life? I love the term vibrancy, first of all. It's so wonderful that you have a podcast dedicated to it because I don't think we talk about vibrancy <laughs> nearly enough. So I think for me, a vibrant life is really a life of full alignment to oneself and that which sets your soul on fire and ignites that creative genius in you. And it's really this notion of building and curating a life where all parts of you are activated and all parts of you are celebrated and elevated and cherished and that we're not suppressing the magic in us and the gifts and we're really instead owning them and loving them and just ready to share those gifts with the world. What gives you energy and high vibrancy and what depletes you? I've been thinking about this a lot because I think especially over the last few years, we're all trying to get just so acutely aware of where we get that source of stimulation from. And for me, of course, one of the many ways I get energy is incredible people. I mean, people like you that come into my orbit, people that I collide with randomly that become great friends. And I've tried to really pay attention recently to mind, body, physicality when I'm around people in every which way that they kind of speak to me and nourish me and stimulate me. And, and those people, like, I will be a friend for life with you <laughs> if you are somebody that just really creates this kind of calmness and excitability, but yet this like fun, but then seriousness. I love the dichotomy in relationships where you can have so many dimensions with the right people. So it's always going to give me my jolts of energy. And of course, also experiences and building and creating. I'm always kind of like a creator at my core. I just love the art of starting something new or shaking the way something's been done. So I get a lot of my energy from that build period and then seeing what can come of it. And then I think like so many people, what drains me, <laughs> like utterly drains me aside from, of course, macro challenges and the constant hardships and woes of the world um, is really like a defeatist attitude or negativity or just kind of these cycles that can get created where people are trying to kind of bring you into the swamp with them. Um, you know, kind of those spirits that just want you to stay very small and mute yourself. And I try to stay far away from that and go towards the people that, again, build you up and who love you for you. 
Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes, absolutely. And what do you do? Because you have so much energy. You are such a giver of energy, of knowledge, of inspiration. So what are your daily practices for building and maintaining resilient mind? Thank you for that, by the way. Those words just, they deeply mean a lot coming from you as somebody who is also such a giver and a nurturer of others. And it's not easy, right? I think that high vibrancy comes typically with a lot of kind of outwardness and mobility and fastness and speed. And we associate those words, I think, quite often with a vibrant life. So then that calibration is so important. And I think for me, I've been really diving into rituals. I love that term. And I love this notion of thinking about how do we find balance and equilibrium while we're fighting for these big changes that we want to see in the world, or we're building companies, or we're helping other people build companies, because the equilibrium can so easily get out of balance if we're not careful. So there's a few things that I do. One is I am really now intentional when I wake up in the morning of saying, what do I need today? In almost an unapologetic way. And sometimes what I need is the opposite of what I typically need. It's really interesting how this happens. Like sometimes what I need is to not be on the phone (laughs) with everybody that I love spending time with, or what I need is to go for a walk at the end of a day versus the beginning of a day because I want to decompress before the day comes to a close. So I try to not judge the what I need, even if it feels out of character to that which normally gives me energy and vibrancy. And I found that that intention sometimes allows me space and grace to just say out loud the thing that I've been afraid to maybe say out loud for that day. So that's absolutely one new ceremony ritual that I'm really leaning into and loving. And I think a second is making sure that I have at least one moment of pure uninterrupted inspiration for the day, like an amazing brainstorm session, an awesome call with a colleague. I just, something about it restores me and I don't need it to be all throughout the day. I can even have it in spurts of like 20 minutes, but I love to look back at the end of the day and say, I had a moment with someone, like we came together, our minds activated, we started to blow things up, build new things, break boundaries. And that just reminds me about the next day ahead and the amazing work that can continue from there. I like that. So sprinkling like your busy, busy work, but sprinkling intentionally, planning for that. And you call them random collisions. Oh, yeah, I just was in a coffee shop, but I met my new best friend. But actually, this is a little secret. Carrie is extremely intentional about creating these random collisions. And I would know because I was the very fortunate participant of the very first inaugural cohort of his signature program, DOOR-D, which has unique four-part methodology, and we'll talk later about that. But that was so eye-opening because we don't talk about it. Like we talk a lot about resilience, daily practices, but creating random collisions, creating new friendships as an adult, creating friendships that not only fun, but are meaningful, that expand in you, that support your growth. This sounds like a dream. Carrie, how do you take it from a dream level and actually create it as a part of your day? You have these daily conversations with perfect strangers. Yes, I love talking to strangers. <laughs> I 
love that there is a global pull that we have now and accessibility and availability to building relationships across borders. And, and in some ways, I'm sad we didn't realize this sooner. We've always had the internet for the, you know, the last few years at our disposal. We've always had this ability to build our community by choice and not let it happen to us by circumstance. But for some reason, the last few years just really made that it's just so evident to me that our relationships that we have based on geography or profession or our work experience are incredible and they're worthy of our time and our nourishment and investment. But that we have to be, as you said, like building into our operating model and our habits, the notion of intentionally diversifying our relationships and colliding constantly with strangers because those strangers can change your life and they've changed my life. I mean, here we are having a podcast and I already know you're going to be someone in my life forever. And we would have never met had that kind of aura not been in creation around us. So I love how available it is to us. My hope would be that people realize that we need to be building community when everything is going right and not when everything feels like it's falling apart. So I always say, build it from a source of strength. Build it when you actually feel like you're at capacity and you've got amazing relationships around you. And challenge yourself that as you meet these strangers, pay attention to kind of what I call like an ember inside of you. If that spark starts to get ignited where you are being cerebrally stimulated, there's intellectual curiosity, you're starting to ask questions that you never ask with somebody else, those are signs that you are colliding with somebody whose impact and influence is even beyond your comprehension in that moment. And our job is to follow and lean into that and not just walk away and you know count it as just another random collision with a stranger, but instead set the intention to invite them into your circle and see what that does for your world. It can change it. Yes, and I think that what you've done is exceptional because you created this challenge for yourself, 30 virtual coffees with 30 virtual strangers in 30 days. That was incredible. But so many people say, okay, well, that's a part-time job, that's a lot. But even if you have one virtual coffee with one stranger a week, that will be like four new people in your life in a month. And what I love about your approach is that there's absolutely no intention. I mean, there's an intention to connect, but there's no agenda. So there is, we're not trying to sell. We're just trying to connect and get to know people. And I think it's so powerful when you just hear and you said, you know, I look at your LinkedIn profile and based on your experience, based on what you're sharing, I would love to be a part of your circle. Can we connect for 20 minute virtual coffee? Can we do that? That's amazing. Absolutely. It feels good too, right? Like to your point when there's no agenda and there's just two humans getting together to share, to hold space for one another, to maybe even say to the stranger something you haven't told anybody yet. That was what blew my mind when I set out to do this challenge. And I had that kind of itch of I wanted to collide faster and more intentionally. So like announced to LinkedIn and all the social platforms that I was embarking on, as you said, the 30 days, 30 copies with 30 strangers. And I remember in each call, what I really took away is people are starved for real connection because we've ruined networking. It's transactional. It's right? Like it's ROI based. We don't trust each other even in those environments. And when I got into this space with total strangers, I had this rule where I never looked them up on LinkedIn. Like I didn't want to know anything about them. I didn't know what they did for a living. I think I knew what state they lived in and that was about it because I wanted to just hear, like I wanted to be really present, have no judgments coming into it of what I would assume they would be. 
And I said very clearly, these are no cell zones. Like we're just having a moment to be present with one another. And I found that people shared things about their business strategies, their personal things going on with like their family that they've never really had a chance to talk about. And I just found like, oh, we're starved for this. We are starved for even 30 minutes where we get to break out of the day-to-day whirlwind, hold space for somebody, be present, ask good questions, and just listen with no goal other than seeing where this connection could take you. And it was it was magical. And it led to some friends I have now in my life that I would have never known, you know, 30 days prior to that. And it's about awareness and being aware, like who are your top 10 people in your life that you talk on a daily basis? Who are your top five? If you aspire to grow, if you aspire to have vibrant and diverse life, does your circle, your inner circle represents your values? Is your inner circle supportive of your dreams? Or is it something that you need to be aware and that you need to have conscious decision to change it? Because it's never too late. It's never too late. And this is something that I've learned from you. And I'm very grateful. I want to talk about something, Carrie, as an immigrant, as a leader, I've done so many network events in my life. It's insane. And I love networking events because I love meeting people and getting to know them. And I was extremely surprised by a part of our American culture when you show up at an event and the first thing that people ask you, what do you do for a living? Yep. What? What? So let's talk about that. Now that we go back to our regular network activities, should we just stop asking the question? Should we just allow the conversation to flow and see if that will come up? I love this question. Thank you for asking it to me because I am that networker who will make an awkward moment for you by not asking you (laughs) what you do. Probably because I don't know how to answer that because I've chosen optionality for my career, as you know, and I love that I get to do and work across so many different zones. So I love being at a networking event and actually just starting with, tell me what's lighting you up these days. What is exciting you? And gaining your attention and your energy. And people don't know what to do with it, to your point. Like (laughs) Americans are so typically, I think, rooted in wanting to know your status and your title and where you are in an org chart. And even think about name tags at networking events. I mean, they literally put your name and your title on it. And it's so interesting that you asked this because when I started the Women in Leadership Nexus, which is my It's a now global digital first leadership movement for women to help them drive their career velocity. It started in a local geographic state. It was very event-based. And I made a rule from day one, no companies or titles on name tags because I didn't want that. I didn't want title to matter in my group. I didn't want any of those fake conversations that we all have of, oh, you're the CEO over here. You're the VP here. Okay, we can hang, but we're not going to go over there with, you know, the entry level people. I wanted to break the paradigm. And I saw very quickly, people didn't know what to do with that. Like they were so used to having their title somehow give them worth in these events as if they are worthy of a different table or a different person to be connecting with. And then when we moved to Zoom and digital first, what I loved is the Zoom box didn't care who you were. And it was, this was before people knew they could change their names, by the way, on Zoom. And now I've seen everybody reverting back to saying like, I'm the CEO of this nonprofit. So I just think that we've got to get away from this elitist society that was created through just the corporate construct that taught us that we are supposed to be executives and bosses and hierarchically above people to somehow be worthy. And we know that's a lie. And I love that we're in this new kind of era right now of the workplace, which is 
curate a career on your terms, by your rules, by your choice, collide with people of all differing backgrounds, and break this concept of like-mindedness. It's actually a really dangerous word we use. We use it typically to say, come join my like-minded group, come join our like-minded company. And we shouldn't want like-mindedness. We should want disruption of thought and disruption of experience and backgrounds. So I'm excited by where we're headed and can't wait for all the future networking events where no one cares what you do. (laughs) They just want to know about who you are as a person. That would be amazing. And I, I also think that, as you said, we are trained to sort of hold on to our title at networking events. And when it's a net, not a networking event, but let's say it's a school fundraiser, but then you hold on to your title as a mom and it's a conversation that creates this own school kind of mom type of network. You know, who was your teacher last year? Who's your teacher this year? Da, 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 da. <gasps> As a, can we just talk about who we are? And when we are so interested in other people, then and we allow this diversity. I think we also look at ourselves from a different perspective that you don't need to be just this or just that. Like you can be all of it. And it's just this, the sense of being multidimensional person. Absolutely. And what beauty in our layers. I mean, this goes back to the first question you asked about what is a vibrant life. And it's these layers being, you know, again, celebrated and elevated. And I want to see a world where we challenge ourselves to go deeper in our relationships so that we don't assume through bias and through what we've been deeply institutionalized to believe in people, let's confront the bias. So let's assume that we don't care about where they work or what they do. And we're much more interested in what are they fighting for in the world? And what are they passionate about? And how do they approach family and friendship and community and activism? And that's where these real relationships start to form. And we start to break these transacted, you know, networking ROI based relationships that are quite literally draining all of our energy. And none of us really usually want to be in that zone with people. Absolutely. So much better question. What are you fighting for? What are you passionate about? What is your reason for being? What is your big why? And that's how you skip all this nonsense about titles and such. And you really talk about because if you're in the right profession, then of course your passions probably are so much aligned with what you do on a daily basis. And that's your responsibility to be in that place. And it's a beauty. It's a beautiful thing when it happens. Something that I learned in your program, Carrie, we talked about strengths and knowing your strengths and how to utilize them. Another very cool concept that you teach is the concept of neuroplasticity. And the power that we all hold, it's you never too old to change. And you can literally rewire your brain, but you can't do it just by reading a book or two or three or five. You do it every day and you are aware of the channels that you're watching, all your thoughts, it's your channels, and you can shift them, you can change the channel, but it takes work. When did you discover this concept? How are you implementing it on a daily basis? I've always been fascinated by the brain. I think in another life, I should have been a neuroscience or or something with psychology. I'm fascinated by the brain elasticity. And then, as you said, the notion that we can fundamentally rewire at any moment in time. And it just led me to doing a lot of just internal work and research and talking to people that have studied cognitive restructuring and understanding that the brain is so powerful that we can quite literally always change the way that we think. And I've done a lot of work recently understanding the cortex and the cortex's role in kind of 
helping us strengthen those neural pathways that we want to cultivate and strengthen. So one of the things that was fascinating for me to learn was that the cortex is where we imagine and we brainstorm and we daydream and that the more that we spend time talking about the things that we want to do or journaling or talking to friends on the weekends about these big dreams we have, that becomes a new neural pathway. It gets strengthened because the cortex responds to it and the cortex loves that. So it's been a really illuminating and empowering exercise every day just thinking about, as you said, what channel am I watching right now? Like, am I watching the TV channel of my life where I'm just in the day-to-day grind and this is the thing that's frustrating me today? Or am I watching the channel of where I am five years from now? And <laughs> what does that look like? And what episode is in front of me and what characters are around me? And I try to spend more time in the future and on a future channel of what am I disrupting? Who am I working with? What does that look like? And what I love is knowing that the brain is responding to it. Like it's an actual muscle that now gets strengthened where the more time I spend on that channel, it's a new neural pathway that gets created. It's powerful. I think there's so much power in just being aware that you can control your thoughts and you can change your entire mindset regardless of what you learn as a child, regardless of what you've been through and witness, you can still make that significant shift. For many people who are vibrant, outgoing, they always show up at such high frequency with all this energy that maybe they're tired, maybe they're sleepy and <laughs> their friends are like, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? What's going on? Like, did you get depressed? What's happening? And there is this pressure that you always have to show up in a very specific way because this is your brand. Our brand is vibrant. So we always have to be on, on, on. And then it's very often you experience it yourself when you just burn out, you completely burn out. So what are your thoughts on that? It's such an interesting concept you bring up, Anastasia, and we talked about this before, that there is this odd pressure that feels both great and really scary <laughs> to keep up with vibrancy, especially if people describe you as a high energy person or people say to you, spending 30 minutes with you just gives me that jolt because then you worry, well, what if I'm having a bad day, right? Or what if I'm just I'm tired? And I've learned that what I have to normalize for people, especially those in my circle, that top 10, as you and I discussed, is when I'm actually at a, a moment of stillness where there's no talking actually, right? I'm with one of my favorite people and we're, I don't know, watching TV on the couch or we're eating a meal and there's not a need for kind of that high vibrancy that that's beautiful also. Like that I love those moments where I can also experiment with this other version of me that can be really inward and really introverted and just want to be very still. But you kind of have to let people know it's okay, right? Like to your point, they start to worry about, oh my gosh, was it me? Did something, you know, not go well for you for the day? So I've been trying to find my rhythm of what does stillness look like for me in my world that still matches the vibrant life that I want to live for myself. And also giving myself grace that not every day can be energetic for me. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. When I recorded my very first episode, I recorded it at 10 p.m. because that's when my household was finally quiet. And yeah, 10 p.m. was, my voice was very relaxed and soothing. And people said, hmm, we thought it's going to be this high energy, yay, vibrations, high vibes only. And here we are, this therapeutic voice. I said, you know what? Like, I'm multidimensional. I'm not just like a one frequency person, and that's okay. And it's high vibrations.
vibrancy does not mean like you're always on and you're always just being this like, hey, everybody, I'm Tony Robbins. No. Speaking of vibrant life and vibrant life scan, this is the tool that I've developed and you were able to do this quick assessment. There was one very interesting thing that showed up. Do you want to share? <laughs> you mean that my fun quotient is left? Yes. <laughs> I was hoping that you would uh, change the narrative here. Um, yeah, my fun quotient is low. I, first of all, I love the scan. I love that you're doing this for people. It's really eye-opening. And also, of course, as a perfectionist and a high achiever, here I am trying to like gain my own scores. And I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> Just be honest. Um, yeah, that's probably the one area of my life that I don't have enough in. And it was fun and adventure. So that's one area. Everything else was really good, but like fun and adventure, but one area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what I realized is I do a lot of adventuring in business and in career and in leadership, but yet I'm not defining adventure through that lens personally. To me, adventure means trying things personally. I don't know, riding the roller coaster or fun would be laughing until my stomach actually hurts. And I am very aware that I am in a space right now of such high creationism that we're creating uh, periods of time that I don't have as much of that kind of lightness that I think would be so great to inject in my life. And by that, I mean having a day where I do absolutely nothing and don't work. <laughs> I know for myself, something I'm getting better at is I'm getting really good at the people that I'm so close with of saying what I need in our coffee break or our lunch date or a dinner date. And sometimes I'll actually say to my friend, I need to laugh today. <laughs> and I need to not talk about work and door D and Nexus and everything that I'm building, which is so exciting. And I'm grateful for all of it. But sometimes I want to just be silly and I want to just have almost like a a less intense version of that vibrancy that because I'm at a high intensity a lot of times and I love it and I thrive at that and that's been a fun thing to experiment with too is how can people around me help bring out that lighter side and the side that can fail and stumble and do nothing on a Sunday <laughs> and like that's okay so one thing I've been doing recently which has been really fun is I'm on like a 90s movie kick and I'm like re-watching all my childhood favorite movies and I have to like order them on demand because they don't even you know exist anywhere else <laughs> in the world and it's been so fun to watch like a show that just meant so much as a teenager and experience it as an adult. So I'm looking for moments like that to just pause and be still. And I love that the life scan <laughs> put those two words, fun and adventure, right front and center. I've got to do more of that for sure. Yes. And we know that we are achievers. This is our, our top strengths. As achiever, we're always in this do, do, do mode. And for us, it's so valuable to know what is our ideal B state? Mm. What is our ideal B? And we need to check in with ourselves throughout the day. Am I being joyful? Am I being relaxed? Am I being focused? Am I just being scattered trying to do all of that? So where do our listeners go to connect with you? Thank you so much for that, Anastasia. The best way to contact me is LinkedIn. Again, I love clearly <laughs> getting coffees with strangers. So always a great place to find me. And then if you're interested in any movements around my women's work and my leadership programs, you can go to wilnexus.com and that will give you all the information about the Nexus model as well as the Doherty program that we've been talking about. Wonderful. And we'll also have Carrie's biography and some fun information at vibrantlifeunlocked.com. Carrie, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for being you and for your incredible vibrancy. 
Oh, thank you so much. This was a pure joy. And thank you for giving me some fun and adventure today. <laughs> anytime, Carrie, anytime. Thank you for listening to Vibrant Life Unlocked. Submit your questions and explore free resources at vibrantlifeunlocked.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and review it on your favorite podcast platform, as well as connect on social at Vibrant Life Unlocked. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.